so for my records, I'm here with Becky. That's right, isn't it? Your yes. Facebook's name's not like a random name. <laughs> no, no, I am genuinely Becky. <laughs> Perfect. And it's the 11th of September. We're in Kendall and it's day 28 of my trip. Can't believe it. It's amazing. <laughs> welcome to the Extraordinary Ordinary You podcast. My name's Frankie and this is the podcast from a 3,000 kilometre cycle journey around the UK where I spoke to women and non-binary folk older than myself about their adventurous lives. This is season three where I pedal through the lakes up to Glasgow and across to Edinburgh. And this is episode two, where I chat to Becky, talking about all things running and what it's like living in the lakes. I'm still sat on a windy bench in Kendall, so please, again, ignore any of the wind that you might be able to hear. I've tried to take out as much as possible, but I hope what's left doesn't deter from Becky's incredible stories. people that don't know you at all can you give me a bit of a snapshot of who you are and what you do well so i'm becky i'm a single mum um i'm a recently qualified teacher congratulations. but but unfortunately haven't got a teaching job at the minute not enough up here i enjoy the outdoors i run i make films of other people running as well um so i've got two children both teenagers One's into the outdoors and one isn't. <laughs> and we've been living up here for 10 years now in Kendall. Awesome. Becky, can I also start by asking how old you are, please? I'm 49, but very, very close to 50. Next month is the big 5 Ah, happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> to start with the outdoors, like, tell me more about your running. And Well, that was a midlife crisis. I got to, I think it was... 42, realised that I was overweight and unfit and um, decided to do couch to 5k, which wasn't that, well, not that difficult to start with. Then took up park runs, 10ks, half marathon, and I did a marathon during lockdown in my back garden. How is that? That's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Don't do it. (laughs) It's because my marathon was postponed till next year. <laughs> so you just did it anyway? Yes. How did you do it in your back garden? Did you just run like a really small loop again and again and again and again? 30 yard laps and every mile I ran the other way. How long did it take you? Uh, it was um, six and a half hours in total. The last 10k I did actually get out of the house and run. But because it was locked down, I didn't want to be out for too long. Yeah. So, yeah. But 20 miles in circles. Do you know what? I mean, apart from the monotony of running in circles, what I think is even tougher is that on a marathon, you have crowds of people cheering you on. And I presume you did not have crowds of people cheering you on. A couple of neighbours lent out their windows and and gave me support. And I had messages on Facebook. But that was it. <laughs> but then also, like, if you're actually running a marathon, it's actually quite hard to give up because you kind of have to... 
or like not all marathons but some marathons you have to like run to an aid station and then that's where you can leave the course but if you're just in your house you could have just stopped at any time and I live streamed it so that I couldn't well the bits in my back garden I actually live streamed it so that I couldn't get out of it yeah yes did did you ever think about not not completing it or were you Um, just too too pig-headed to give up (laughs) amazing and before doing couch to 5k was the outdoors part of your life at all or not really well grew up with the outdoors i'm third generation woman into the outdoors my gran even to her 70s was still walking up mountains so yeah as a child we youth hosteled hiked camped i was in the guides and rangers so i've been doing this for probably most of my life and then how's it fluctuated throughout your life well when i had small children we didn't do it quite as much camped but didn't do it was hard it's harder yeah and we lived in hastings so we didn't have we weren't close as close to these lovely mountains as we were but since we've moved up here it's back to yeah a lot easier to to do and you've been up here for 10 years did you say yes yeah was that choice just to get more outdoor space and outdoor time my parents had retired up here so they because they wanted to be um nearer to the mountains and i followed (laughs) so yeah it was i mean an excuse to move to somewhere like this amazing that's so cool and what sort of advice could you give to someone else if they wanted to get into running but like what's the couch to 5k is obviously there are so many versions of that that you can do it's easy you don't even need to start with even need a decent pair of running shoes or even a decent sports bra to start with because it's only 60 seconds so it's really easy to do it's cheap running isn't that cheap if you get really into it the amount of shoes and and kit but to start off it's so easy to do so and then I joined running groups on Facebook as well there's one called run mummy run there's now 15,000 of us I think in there and so you can get support and help and yeah joining club local clubs here we've got women on the run so there's lots of women's running groups so you feel better than in some clubs yeah and i guess you've got like shared experiences and time schedules and yeah so yeah yeah did you say you're a single parent so yes you did how have you found the time whilst also yeah luckily not been working full-time for some of this when i was working part-time you know, get the kids to, I used to drive the kids to school, which was five miles away, leave the car at outside school, run home, jump in the shower, have my lunch and go to work, and then get the train back to pick the kids up. Wow. The only way to fit it in. Yeah. That's really interesting because someone I interviewed before, when I asked them, like, how would you find the time? They were like, you just have to make tiny swaps, like running to work instead of driving to work so that it it's the same amount of time and it just fits in to the time you've already got. Yeah, it's easier once you can leave them at home. Whilst they were younger, I didn't train beyond a half marathon because of the time to be out the house. Because when you've got to be out the house for a couple of hours, 
they were too young. So, yeah. yeah. And what did your training look like to go from couch to 5K to half marathon to full marathon? It was building it up slowly, you know, getting out a few times a week, trying to make sure that that longer run gets 10% longer every week, which is quite scary sometimes. Trying to find advice or training plans online and doing sprint training or interval training, which all sounds very technical. My teenager, can he, he tells me what to do because he understands it and I don't. Amazing. <laughs> but it's all that. I mean, the information on the web now is amazing. So it's easy. Get on there. Just get on there. <laughs> and did you do fell running as well, did you say? I've tried fell running, but I struggle to get up the hill and I'm too scared to run down it. I do trail. I think there's a lot of people that are in that boat, to be fair. Yeah, I do trail running. Yeah. So that's diff- so that's nice, you know, around the edges of the the lakes and things cool. like that, because that's quite you go to some beautiful places, and it's not quite so steep. <laughs> Amazing. And what does the outdoors mean to you? Well, it's all that sort of fresh air and f- freedom. You know, you can you can get away from everything from when you're out in the outdoors. You know most it's i suppose we still have got our phones on us so you can still be contacted but you know you're away from you know the messy house or the you know that pile of laundry that's still not been put away and things like that so it's a good escape clear your head yeah it's funny actually we were talking about it yesterday when we were cycling and sort of like i can be really stressed in the morning like getting ready trying to message people trying to line up all the things that I've got to do in the day but as soon as I start cycling I can't do any of those things so they just completely empty out of my head and it's so peaceful and it might be that as soon as I stop they all come back and I've got to do them all again but there's like just that piece of having some time where they're not there yeah and you've had an awful day the kids have been playing up or your boss has upset you get home get your kit on and going, I've broken some PBs on days like that, going out and just going for a really fast run. Well, fast by my standards. Angry run. Angry run. Angry runs are good. I always found that my best PBs were when I was running and trying to squeeze a run in and running late for something. And I was like, I've got to get back because I've got to get to work. And I've only got five minutes left. Or your Tesco deliveries due. I've done that one before now. I had 15 minutes and it was a mile route, so I knew that I really couldn't can dawdle, on that, <laughs> can dawdle one. on that one to make sure that I wasn't arriving at the same time as the Tesco. Amazing. And did you say that one of your children is outdoorsy and one of them isn't? So do you do sort of adventures all together as well? Well, my daughter used to be outdoorsy. She used to go walking with my mum, um, in fact, and she's been up some quite big mountains, but she's gone, I think it's a teenage girl thing, isn't it? So she's gone off the great outdoors, um, whereas my son is a felt he is a fell runner and cross country runner. So he's in his happy place when he's running up and down <laughs> big hills. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And so do you ever get out all together as a family? No. No, not anymore. You know, when they were younger and you could make them do things. Yeah. Once they're teenagers. Don't wanna don't wanna go running with mum anymore. No, no. So when you yeah. Once they're old enough to be left at home, they can have that. They can have that choice. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, amazing. And you mentioned that you've worked part-time sometimes. What What is it that you do? Well, so I was teaching oh, or yeah. working in schools, a teaching assistant sometimes as well because you just want to work, work in a school. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, awesome. And then now just waiting for things to yeah. get back to normal. Yeah. Part-time role starting from Monday in a different school oh, out in the middle of nowhere. So... And what sort of age is it that you work with? Primary school, so, but mostly 8 to 11 year olds. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Have you ever found that there have been any sort of challenges or barriers that have stopped you getting outside? Well, the one worry was when the children were younger, is to having somebody with, if you're going out, like for a, a hike in the lakes, it's not really safe to go as one adult with two primary school age children. Yeah. You've got to make sure you have somebody with you and other adults. I mean, better now that teen, teenagers, because you could probably rely, one of them, you know, would be more responsible enough to go get help, or you could leave them and go get help. But yeah, with two young ones and by yourself, it's... I wouldn't do it. No, always had to make sure. So that does reduce your opportunities. Yeah, and I guess it means that you just have to bring the adventures down a little bit. You know, you maybe can't go up a mountain, but you can go for a local walk or something like that. Yeah, they could do cat, they could do cat bells, but you wouldn't want to do Helvellyn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's awesome. And did you want to talk a little bit about your YouTube channel? I'm just so intrigued by this. I wish I'd looked it up before coming. Uh, yeah, so um, we went to we have the Kendall Mountain Festival which is, I hadn't realised it had been going for quite so long. It's been going for about 20 years or something. Because Chris Bonington was here last year um, and he's the president of it. My son and I went to a um, demonstration from a company that made films about outdoor sports. So he said, Mum, can you film me running? I thought, OK, well, I've got a camera. So I started filming him running. And then he was in some races. So I filmed his races and then um so that was about two years ago so it started with local little local races and then because he was getting better he was going to national events with thousands of people at them and yeah i just filmed cross country and fell running races amazing had you filmed at all before no i'd taken photographs but not done any not really video no and do you like edit them yourself yeah, it's all just edited on um, my Mac. So I've got, got iMovie, edit it and upload it to YouTube, yeah. Awesome. And I bet he loves having so many videos of himself running. That's so cool. Well, he does if he's if he's winning. Oh. Not if he's doing, yeah. If he's at a bad race, he doesn't want to watch it. <laughs> do, you, do you get in his face with the camera when he's having a terrible moment? No, I'm not that bad because I just try and stay. It's actually quite interesting because on fell races, there's no, you don't have to follow an exact route. Yeah. So you try and be on the edge of it and then somebody always tries to take a shortcut. So you just try and stay out of their way as they're coming because they basically, when, when, when they're running down the hill, they don't stop. Yeah. They don't take prisoners. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, that's so interesting. That's really cool. <laughs> And are you going to keep doing that? Yeah. yeah, it's what we do. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I've been missing it since March. 
So hopefully they're trying. There are some events starting up now. So hopefully I'll be back out there again soon. That's cool. And are you also? Have you still got your place for the marathon for next? Year? It's hopefully. Yeah, I think. I, I, I think so. I. I don't remember the email, but apparently we all got transferred unless we said otherwise. So yeah, spring, spring next year in Manchester. Ah, exciting! It is a proper marathon with supporters on the route. <laughs> Pit stops. And Pit stops. And yeah. No sofa to bail onto at any moment. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. What's your favourite thing about being in the outdoors? So, you know, I'm trying to decide whether it's. Mm. I think it is just head. I think it's the headspace, really, yeah. being out there because you can't think about anything else. You know, you're just taking in, especially up here in the lakes, just the views. You know, you can just stop, take a deep breath, and everything just seems so much better. <laughs> Have you got a favourite place? I do like Rydal, round there. Been quite a few walks, done some runs or races around there as well. It's just a lovely little. Because it's it's quite, you know, it's it's not too tricky to do, and you can get there quite easily. So it's quite a nice little place. I even swum in the lake with my daughter when it was a warm summer. Are you not into it in the winter? I'm not. I'm not like. I'm not like some of your other friends who I know who do go swimming whatever the year, whatever time of year it is. I'm a definitely not a cold cold water swimmer. <laughs> I've got an offer to go swimming later tonight and I am excited and I do want to go but also I'm, I think it's going to be cold yes <laughs> it will be quite cold <laughs> um, I want to talk a little bit about like your journey through life do you feel like you've always had a clear path or like a clear sense of direction through life no I was talking about this with a friend yesterday because we were talking about why we did what we did at university and I read geography because I enjoyed it. And obviously with the, with the outdoors. So did geography and geology, but I had no idea what I was going to do with it. Then ended up 15 years working with computers because I happened to be good at that. And then ended up um, as a retraining as a teacher. So I've kind of not really, <laughs> there wasn't a clear plan there. I kind of fell into things a lot of the way, a lot of the way through and married quite late but didn't last so that wasn't a plan either was it <laughs> that, that wasn't quite what I meant to be and I probably never expected to be living up living up here either so I think yeah <laughs> no, not much planning going on with my head <laughs> I mean I think it's just so reassuring to know like I think as a hundred percent everyone said no no plan at all <laughs> But it's just so reassuring because I feel like when you're younger and you're looking forward, it seems like everyone else has had a really clear plan and a really clear path and everyone else's lives make sense, you know, looking back. And sometimes you can make them sense looking back, but actually they don't make sense. They don't make sense. I mean, life's, yeah, sometimes you just have to, whatever comes up and you just go, oh, actually, I'll go that way instead. Yeah. I mean, it's harder when you've got, when you've got children, it's harder to change direction but it still does happen. Yeah, how did you find retraining and doing your teacher qualification? Um, my parents had the children a lot so that cause they, they would actually stay the night so that I could get things done. It was the only way I could have done it. Couldn't have done it otherwise. 
because it's really tough going. It's a lot of work. It is, yeah. And it was packed into one academic year as well. Wow. So it was quite intense. <laughs> we survived. Congratulations, you made it. Made it, thank you. <laughs> and how do you think your sto- your journey has shaped who you are now? That's an interesting one. I mean, I think I'm definitely an optimist because things always seem to turn out all right in the end. You know, there's obviously been some bad things that have things have gone wrong, but then things have gone that have, have meant then in the future that I've had a chance to do something that I wouldn't have done and things have gone right. So I think it's helped me to stay to stay optimistic or become opt- more optimistic because there's, there's a light at the end. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. So I think that's changed that kind of attitude, really. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, I knew what I was going to ask. I was going to say, sometimes in life I feel like I might be going against the grain a little bit, you know, doing things like this. And I work freelance and sometimes I live in a van and it just seems like sometimes there's a grain and I might be cutting across it. Is that something you've ever felt? Well, I'm guessing that sometimes people that, you know, I'm not your average late 40-something woman because I do, you know, some of the things I do, your average 40-something woman probably wouldn't wouldn't do. I mean, taking up YouTube, you know, taking up YouTubing properly at my age, it's not quite the done thing. I mean, I know, I know there's an awful lot more of us who are on TikTok because of lockdown there's a whole band of 40 something women on there taking over tiktok so i'm guessing yeah in a way probably am because you're yeah, doing embracing new things as i get older that's amazing i'm not even on tiktok <laughs> what you're missing out on lip syncing <laughs> amazing and when you feel like that how do you overcome it i just kind of you just have to have a don't care attitude, really. And just if I'm enjoying it and other people are enjoying what I do, then I'll carry on doing it. You know, you get some people, you get negative comments, but that's their opinion, isn't it? That's true. Everyone's got an opinion. Yeah. yeah. And what's one thing you know about yourself now that you wish you'd known sooner? Ooh, that's a deep question. It gets really deep. Get really deep. That I think I'd have more faith in myself and my own abilities, you know. And to take, I've, I've taken more leaps since I got past forty, and I became a single mum than I did before. Then I think I probably stayed in my comfort zone a bit more. So, yeah, I, have to, I definitely need to know that I need to believe in myself a lot more. I can do it. That's awesome. I feel like that's going to resonate with a lot of people. Uh, as maybe a lot of people who either want to know that that's happened for other people and that's okay, or that are going through that right now. Yeah. Know that they're not alone. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I've been asking everyone about authenticity. Something like, I feel like my 20s is just like this never-ending journey of who am I and am I really who I am and you know every as I get the older and older I get the more I look back and I'm like oh wow like I've just found this new layer of myself 
What do you think authenticity and your authentic self means? It's being who you really are and not putting on a persona. I think a lot of people, especially with all social media, you look at what some people put on Instagram, Facebook, stuff like that. It's not actually who they really are. And if you try and maintain that, I think that's why people's mental health actually can start to crumble because they put that front up. But actually, in real life, that's not them. And it starts to come apart a bit if you, you do that. Whereas if if you just present yourself as you really are, you know, I'm overweight and 40-something, but I'm up there and, you know, I don't hide it. That's me. And, you know, take me as I am. Amazing. And what do you think bravery is? I think bravery is actually letting yourself be out there and you know letting yourself be who you are and not trying to conform you know be who you are and not who people think you are yeah that makes sense yeah because I know it does and I completely get that and actually be who you are and not who people think you are is a is an interesting one because when you're at home and you've got all your friends and they know so much about you sometimes you can get into that wheel of who they think you are and then when you go away and travel it's like well no one knows you so you could be anyone and share any side of you yeah and like at 19 I had three months traveling around America before I went to university so of course nobody knew me amazing what was that like it was brilliant but scary at times but just an amazing experience where did you go started in Boston yeah uh, and travelled around by train so I went all the way across to California down through California and back across Texas um, Louisiana and places so I went by train very different way of doing it Amazing Had you travelled much before? Not I'd been to America with my parents once before um, been to Europe quite a lot but I'd never but not that was a big trip <laughs> And would you describe yourself as brave? I think I must be brave because I say, well, I uprooted, moved up here 10 years ago, started all over again, did, you know, did that career change and do things, you know, I do, I think, I don't know whether I just try and get myself out of my comfort zone sometimes, because I think if I don't, I'd probably just vegetate or, you know, I think it's made me who I am to try and step out of that and to, to try things. And do things. Yeah. Um, what do you think happiness feels like? Well, sometimes it is just a case. You just sometimes it can feel like all your worries have gone away. The weights off your shoulders. You're just totally relaxed. You can feel those endorphins flowing through your body and sort of at peace. But I mean, it's sometimes it's like when you're up on a hillside somewhere you just can't take that smile off your face there's no real reason for that smile to be there but you just can't you're just so relaxed and yeah that's that's it awesome that's amazing i've been asking everybody whether they see themselves represented in outdoors media so whether that's films or books or you know even adverts or catalogs well you get a lot of 
women my age are actually cause quite a few runners who are out there who are quite older runners. In fact, there's all these women, older women who are out there breaking long distance running records at the minute, which is pretty, they're, they're pretty awesome. But I mean, they aren't, they're old, but they're not necessarily overweight women either. There's not as many overweight women out there. So. And do you see them in sort of like outdoors films or anything like that? Or not really those stories being shared? I don't think there's so many about the ordinary women. I mean, there's, um, there's been so few, I say, because I'm in that big group on Facebook, the Run Mummy Run, yeah. we're obviously promoting women of all shapes and sizes and ages running. So I probably hear about it more because famously with Park Run, which is the run walk, just get round it. As long as you're on your own two feet, we don't care. So with that, there's more representation of women and men of all shapes and sizes and ages. But in the... Um, that is the cutest dog, dog ever! Interrupts. Dog interrupts. Oh, oh my days! <laughs> that is literally the cutest dog ever! Oh, that's a shame that wasn't on video. I know! <laughs> um, and obviously, um, with the, there was a bit of a fiasco for the last London marathon with the finish and the ladies at the back. Generally, it was lots of ladies at the back who got kind of cut off before the finish time, which were a lot of ladies who were, um, you know, the ones that not your, not your typical runners. Yeah. Um, not, so you, they, they featured, but... Unfortunately, for I mean, it was for the wrong reasons because London Marathon got it wrong. But it's I think it's pushed that pushed for a while the image of the non-typical runner into the media. I like that phrasing as well, the non-typical runner. Yeah, not your stereotypical, not like my son who looks like a runner. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And have you got any sort of like inspiring women or female role models? I said, well, there's some some very famous um, run in the sort of runners like um, Nikki Spinks, who's actually quite a local runner who's done some quite big races, and so lots of women from locally that you know you sort of watch and follow and think are, are pretty incredible. And obviously, on the, I mean, famously in sort of athletics, you've got some really good runners that and athletes that inspire. But say so it's finding, it, yeah, they're all you sort of more the classic role models. Yeah. But say so being in a, a, a forum which is all women runners, there are lots of women in there that's really inspiring to follow each other's stories and support each other, whether you're just starting out or whether you can run 100 miles without stopping kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, make that support group. Yeah. And sometimes I think it's the people who are just starting out that are maybe more inspiring yeah. than the people who are doing yeah. huge things yeah now friends who when they race they come last but they as we say you get more value for your entry fee because <laughs> you're out on the course for longer i love that can eat more snacks on the way round. Like, get more snacks on the way if they've yeah if they've not run out before you get there oh is that a thing that is a thing no sometimes if you're towards the back things have run out in front of you no, that's awful. It is. That's bad planning on the part of yeah. organisers. But I demand a refund. <laughs> it's always tight. Snacks on my money back. I always carry my own. 
<laughs> I mean, I do as well, to be fair. I did a race in France and I was recommended to carry my own beforehand because I'm vegan. And then I got to the aid station and it was ham and cheese. And I was like, I see why I was recommended to carry my own stuff now. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and I've been asking everyone, well, I've been asking, I haven't actually asked everyone this question because I started answering that and I got some really deep answers. And then I asked a few people and they couldn't answer it at all. So then I thought maybe... There was something wrong with the question and I took it out. But I listened back to my original interviews and I'm going to put it back in, but I'm going to say that if you, if it doesn't resonate with you, it hasn't resonated with everyone, so you don't have to answer. Okay. But it's about perceptions of women. And I've been asking people, what perceptions of women do you think there are and how do they match up to your reality? Well, it's like, I know this is like old body image and stuff like that. So obviously... Being, being the shape I am, body positivity is something that I'm probably probably more aware of than than some others because everyone, you know, this classic image, you know, model type that with the perfect, the perfect hourglass figure, size eight, whatever like that, which is so, you know, that's not realistic for the majority of people. You know, we come in all, we come in all shapes and sizes. And I've had that I was doing on Instagram. I had a, a fit before 50 hashtag. And one of my daughter's school for, um, boys at school said, your mum can't be fit. She's fat. So, yeah, exactly. I just don't have any words. Like My daughter got impressed, nor was I. But because there is nothing about, you know, fat and fit aren't necessarily polar opposite some thin people couldn't run for the bus and so you know I well, have now I've run a marathon wasn't very fast but I've done it so yeah it's yeah uh, what did you say back to them well I don't know what my daughter said to them but it probably wasn't repeatable for a <laughs> podcast <laughs> your daughter sounds like a great person yeah she's definitely one up there for women's rights and uh, <laughs> things like that yeah amazing and what's one piece of advice that you'd give to your younger self? Believe in yourself. You can do it. Because I, I think, yeah, a lot of people don't, you know, you maybe don't take that chance. And I think you should take the chances they're offered because it might not, you might not get that chance again. You might look back 20 years later and go, why didn't I do it? So just believe in yourself and go for it. Amazing. <laughs> That's so cool. That's like kind of all my questions run through, but I do want to jump back and go a little bit more into the running. And I don't know if you've got any like stories about running that you want to share. If you've got like a favourite race, or if you want to tell me about your first race. Or... Um, my first race, race for life. I don't think really count because that was just kind of did those without even before I could run. But I suppose the Langdale Christmas Pudding Ten K. That get, sounds amazing. You get a Christmas pudding. I hate Christmas pudding. So why I ran 10K for something I don't actually like. It's in the Langdale Valley. And when I did it, so I, it was the year I'd started running. And one of my work colleagues said, so your next challenge or you, is to get up to 10K because I haven't got to 5K. So he said, you can do it. So I entered this race and you start at the top of the valley. You run down, mostly downhill, down to the bottom turn around and then you run mostly back up, up no. back hill yeah I've done it a couple of times and 
the first few times I did it, I broke my 5k PB going down and then had nothing left in the tank going back up. But it's one of those races where you get half of the race are the serious runners. So they're all, they all shoot off at the front, you know, trying to win. And then you get the kind of the, those of us who are there for a challenge at the back who just want to try and get round. It's now, I did it again last year for the first time for a bit. And it's now run by Brave, the charity. And it's, you would dress up, I mean, people dress up. So you're running, you know, you're running alongside Father Christmas or a, or a camel, I think we had. So it's just, and you, you've got mulled wine halfway around now. Amazing. So it's just the atmosphere because, yeah, there are some serious runners, but most of us were just having a laugh and trying to get round. And was that your first 10k? That was my first 10k, yeah. And you got round? Got round and that was one of, I actually don't think I've, that was one of my fastest 10k's ever. Even with all the uphill? Even with all the uphills, I don't know how I managed it because I can't do that, I couldn't do that now. (laughs) But yeah, it's just fun, yeah. Beautiful place, lots of fun. And when you run, do you tend to run by yourself or with other people? I tend to run by myself because then I can run at my pace. Sometimes go out with people, but it's not very often because it's just easier to, especially when you've got to fit it in. It's a case of, oh, I've got half an hour, get my kit on and go out without having to arrange it first. So, yeah. Amazing. How often do you get out? Well, I try to get out about three times a week. It doesn't always come off because sometimes things come up. It's like this week I went out on Monday. I've been out again since, but I'll be doing a not a virtual. There's a not park run tomorrow, so I run. In fact, I run past here. Oh. I go around the middle of town. So I've been doing that as a big group. That you know, that every Saturday morning we still run five k, but obviously not together. Yeah, virtually. all over the country. So it's good. Ah, that's really cool. Yeah, that's a nice motivation to like get up and out on a Saturday. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, awesome. Is there anything that you want to talk about that we've not talked about? Anything that you want to plug? Anything that you thought I would ask you that I haven't asked you? I don't. No, I don't think so. I think we've. It's been quite amazing what we've talked about, really. Yeah, it goes deep, doesn't it? Just go deep, and then you. I'm very good at going off on a tangent. You might have noticed. (laughs) That's amazing, though. Tangents are my (laughs) favourite. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No, perfect. Thank you so much. It's all right. Good luck with the rest of your tour. Thank you. Yeah. It does seem like it's like I'm getting there, but then also it also still feels like I've only just started and I've still got so far to go. Like, I think when I get to like into Scotland and then out of Scotland, I'll be like, right, I know I'm on the homeward stretch. But at the moment, I'm like not even halfway there. (laughs) What on earth made you think of the idea in the first place? I'd wanted to do a cycle tour for quite a while and thought about doing Bilbao to Barcelona. If I'd done Bilbao to Barcelona, it would have been really hot and sunny and I would have been finished by now. (laughs) (laughs) But you'd be 14 days in quarantine when you got back. Well, yeah. Also, I kind of was like, I'll do it in springtime. But then springtime, obviously, lockdown happened. And then I was like, I'll do it in autumn. And then I was like, I'm going to have to push it to autumn next year. Like, now isn't the time to be travelling to Spain. And I thought, like, why am I going to Spain anyway? Like, surely I can just cycle around England. And, like, that's amazing too. Yeah. And I had this idea that I was going to do it photographing female climbers. And so I was going to 
cycled to different crags and photographed female climbers. And then I kind of had the idea that apart from just photographing female climbers, it'd also be good to talk to women who are older than me. And like, I kind of sometimes feel like I'm going against the grain and like I'm trying to forge this path and that even no one else has done it before. And I'm like, you know, like scraping through undergrowth or that like, I don't see myself doing it forever because I don't see other people doing it. So I had this idea that maybe if I feel like that, I'm not the only one that feels like that. But also I was fairly sure that there were hundreds of incredible women all around the country doing amazing things (laughs) and that I just didn't know about them. Secret society. (laughs) <laughs> literally yeah like, where have you all been all my life <laughs> up here <laughs> so then I thought well I'll talk to women who are older than me but then I won't limit it just to climbing I'll open it out to the outdoors in whatever that means to people yeah it, just, it is such a variety isn't it it's so wide. yeah I've spoken to mountaineers I've spoken to climbers I'm talking to swimmers runners walkers the range of stories and the range of experiences just huge. It's a shame my mum's gone away this weekend because you could have talked to her. I would love to have <gasps> talked to her. She's that off. Would have been amazing. In fact, she's off on a walking weekend. Is she? Where's <laughs> she? With my dad. They've gone down to Wales somewhere. She's dragged my dad a lot. He doesn't go walking um, anymore because he's got a bad back, so he can't. But he enjoys just being away. So they've gone for, yeah. I've, I've even got a clue where they've gone. <laughs> How old's your mum now? Uh, 70... What year are we in? 75. But I so said my gran was still walking. She quit mountain walking up the, in, the Al- in the Alps in her 70s. Wow. So, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So you've got some big role models to look up yeah, to there. I've got to keep going. Not, I'm the first runner, but they've... Yeah. <laughs> amazing. So, yeah. And then maybe your daughter will also... Maybe get back into it when she's <laughs> yeah. done done doing the teenage thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you loved that conversation as much as I did. Next week I have the absolute pleasure of chatting to someone who is definitely sunshine in human form. I'll be talking to Winnie, and this time I'll no longer be sat on a windy bench, but instead I have the absolute pleasure of doing the interview in their shop, the I Love Me Most Boutique. Can't wait to see you there. Please don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss it. If you're enjoying the podcast, please share it with someone who you know will love it too. You can also join us over on socials. Find us at Extraordinary Ordinary You. We'd love it if you could give us a like and a follow. It really helps to grow the podcast. With so much thanks to our Patreon supporters, your support helps to cover the costs of the podcast and helps us to keep going and keep growing. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, keep on being extraordinary.